0: Hey guys, just wanted to remind you again, if you could help us out and uh, leave a rating and a review for us on where, uh, whatever platform you download this fine podcast, it would really help us out. Thanks guys.
1: So the fact that the state is not telling us how many people are hospitalized how many people are in ICUs, how many ventilators are being used is really worrisome because that is the main thing that everybody's worried about. That's the thing that ever, that, like that's why UAB is putting out this number, I think, because they're trying to set an example for the other hospitals and for the state to say, put this stuff out so people know to stay the heck home.
0: Hello boys and girls. Welcome in to yet another episode of your favorite podcast that would be uh, Alabama Politics this week. I continue to remember the name of this thing. We are, uh, uh, I, I am Josh Moon. Uh, You're virus-free host, <laughs> uh, as far as you know. As far as uh, we know. Yeah. We're crossing our fingers. Exactly. That. Uh, that voice you heard was David Person, who is also virus-free. We both, uh, well, as we have... As far as we know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> both We've both been tested, not necessarily for this. No, uh,
2: no. So, uh, Another test, though. Yeah.
0: You know, Passed them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, w- here we are. Day, I don't know, Captain's Log, uh, whatever the star date is today. Right. Uh I, I don't honestly I I don't know how long the quarantine has gone on. The episodes at my house of um uh <laughs> pick a disney show uh <laughs> except, well i mean you the got first those disney set, plus plus yeah that's i do cool. we do have the disney that's plus set, and good. it has it has saved us a lot so we we have, yeah. we're on an endless loop of frozen moana uh frozen 2 uh, toy story uh all levels of toy story mm. uh and then we we mixed in some sesame street and uh, and a few other things oh, there good. so yeah got to yeah. keep the little one happy I mean listen I'll say this uh, a little tip for everybody Uh, if you are feeling depressed and down and you're working from home even if you don't have kids Flip the TV on, let it play in the, an endless loop of Sesame Street in the background. Just turn it down where you can barely hear it, and you know every, every now and then you'll get the song. You'll catch the kids <laughs> singing the song. It's really, really hard to be depressed when it's when it's playing. I mean, it and is you know an what? upbeat, happy, happy show. I and will
2: say, I think I think you're on to something. Yeah, right? I'm. I'm telling you, it is. It's I mean, a purity and a, and it, and, it, and, it, and it, for many of us would be nostalgic. Yeah, it's.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was I was listening today, as a matter of fact, and I, I was writing uh, stories about you know death and and things to come and all this and and uh right in the middle of it i've started mm, 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 mm. you know and it's it, it it doesn't make things magically better but it does you know yeah. it does pick your spirits up a little bit. changes so, the mood
2: yeah you, you know what i've been finding myself looking at a lot is uh the major league baseball channel mm-hmm. has been replaying like old World Series stuff and all that that's been pretty cool
0: yeah the uh, NBA uh, NBA TV has done some of the same the uh, the hardwood classics that they put on uh, as I watched uh, it was a 08 uh, Lakers Celtics uh, game where Paul Pierce and uh, and that Lakers team and Garnett uh, versus Kobe and uh, Powell and uh, Paul Gasol and uh, those guys that was was a good game Uh, ended up being a good game Lakers were killing them early but uh, so yeah I mean it's you know and I've tried to make bets on those and nobody will take them <laughs> um, I don't know that's <laughs> Maybe that's just me missing yeah. out I don't know. <laughs> uh, but listen, uh, you know, so that's the uh, the the lighthearted portion of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all downhill from here. No, um, so we, what we're going to do uh, today is we are we are going to go uh, information heavy uh, on things. We're going to talk to uh, Chip Brownlee who uh, you've heard us probably mention uh, Chip before Chip. As, as producing uh, the show. Yeah, he he does great work here. But uh, over the last two weeks. He also works uh, with me at the Alabama Political Reporter. Uh, Chip is uh, currently getting his uh, master's in journalism from Columbia, a small school. Uh, you may have, might have heard of it. Um, yeah, somewhere in New York. Yeah, it's yeah, failing, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he is uh, – so Chip's really, really good at this, and uh, he has – You've probably seen some of his map. You may not have known it, but you've probably seen some of his maps and some of his work that he's put together. Yeah, I didn't uh, know it.
2: I didn't know. I didn't realize yeah. that that was Chip, the producer. Yeah. When yeah. I have seen his name,
0: absolutely. It's, uh, and he has put together maps, you know, tracking this virus all over the state. Uh, has tracked a lot of the cases that have been underreported uh, in, in the official numbers from the Alabama Department of Public Health. Uh, calling around, kind of being a thorn in the side of hospitals and, and folks to just uh, give them the give us the accurate numbers, uh, you know, or more accurate numbers, I guess, uh, and, and kind of track everything so people do uh, will have the information uh, that they need. And so we're going to talk to him about yeah, his work and, mm-hmm. and what, uh, where he thinks things are, uh, are headed and it, just judging by the numbers, not necessarily his opinion, but uh, ju- judging by the numbers and the track that he's seen. As of right now, I'm on the Alabama Department of Public Health website and their live dashboard, which they've finally made live after... Uh, weeks of everybody kind of complaining about the lag in numbers and the lag in information mm-hmm. uh, we are at 480 confirmed cases as of the last update uh, and this thing has uh, has one death for the state uh, there was earlier today I think there was another, yeah, there was another in North right. Alabama Madison uh, uh, reported another death from, that was coronavirus related and so you know so we're at two it would seem there although i guess they're saying uh adph has not necessarily confirmed that as a it's a coronavirus death but uh you know and then just if you go on this dashboard uh for this thing which is accessible to everybody um you can kind of see where all the cases are and uh it's got big big blobs uh on the map showing where everybody is is located that's that's tested and uh tested positive for this and yeah, you know, I would say that uh, we really ought to ought to figure out why it is that poor people can't get this thing, uh, because that seems to be the case. Uh, or we're just not testing a lot of people in poor counties. Uh, well, yeah, one, one, of one of those two yeah, things. I'm
2: yeah, going
0: uh, I th- I'm, I'm going to go with B on that one mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. because uh, you look at the map and there are very very few cases through the black belt and through the poorest counties. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I it was weird to me. I looked at that Montgomery, which uh, I believe was reporting eighteen. Uh, confirmed cases, which there's no way there's only 18 in Montgomery, but uh, the and then uh, Lee County was reporting 44. Right, yeah. stationed in the middle between Lee County and Montgomery County is Macon County, uh, which had one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it was, I don't know if it flew from well, Montgomery. Well, see
2: now. Lee, isn't that where Auburn is? Yes. Okay, so yeah. that, I mean, you got a got a glut of people mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and I know Jefferson County. When I looked yesterday, Jefferson County was the most. Have the most cases which mm-hmm. makes sense
0: yeah yeah you know. well and i would say too that jefferson county has also tested the most of anybody mm-hmm. uh and so i think what i would think is is that you take the percentage of, of Of cases in Jefferson County and start spreading that percentage around, uh, I think that would probably give you a more accurate look for Mm -hmm. the whole state. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I yeah, you're you're probably going to be a a tad more likely to catch it in in Jefferson County because you are a little more condensed in that area, Uh, but. Uh, i I still think that the the percentages would be pretty close if you if you pass it around um you know whatever whatever county you want to be in there there's no way some of these counties don't have cases. There's no way some of these counties only have one or two uh, yeah
2: now of course the the one thing I will say the one caveat I would toss out there for our consideration, Josh, is that um in these less populated or less densely populated counties. It could be that there's a lot less human interaction going on anyway. Mm -hmm. But I still think that you're right, that there's underreporting going on. And I think it's because of what we both agree on, which is that there's not enough testing Mm -hmm. being done. And, of course, a lot of these rural counties don't have, as we've discussed with experts Mm -hmm. and with some of our elected officials over the past couple of weeks, uh, they don't have access to the kind of uh, not only testing but just to uh, access to hospitals or or any you know situation where they could almost you know that we could guarantee that they mm-hmm. would get the testing that they need.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. they barely have band aids in a lot of these places, yeah, uh, and yeah. so I mean, it really, uh, you know, you I well can make light of it, I guess, but it's a it's a truth. I mean, they don't have the facilities, and and it struck me the other day. You know, we talked to Bernstein Taylor um, a couple of weeks ago about yeah. what the you know what the plan was for the Black Belt. You know, and you asked her at okay, the end. Yeah, point well, point well where, they yeah. were working on one. You know, they were working on they were working on this plan. They were going to have it ready, and they mm-hmm. were going to get it up and going. They asked Scott Harris the same question uh, two days ago on a on a teleconference. That was a joke uh, with Kay mm-hmm. Ivy, and He gave the same answer. Still working on that plan. They're still working on that plan to to figure this out. And uh, you know, that's it's and. And that, that gets us into one of the things we wanted to talk about, and and we'll also get to the uh, to the stimulus package that was passed. Uh, we record this on on Thursdays, as we mentioned before, and the stimulus package was passed by the Senate last night. Still yet to be passed by the House, uh, but uh, the the other thing we wanted to talk about was a, a letter written by Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth. Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. yesterday that mm. uh, that was. Uh, heavily critical of, of the uh, of the administration and of the task force that she's put together uh, on a, a lack of a proactive approach to this. And you know, I uh, I know uh, Will Ainsworth a little bit, um, you know, and and have had discussions with him. You know, I have mentioned in the past and in, in uh, you know social media and some other places that I. I Happen to like Will. I know that he and I do not agree on a lot of things, mm-hmm. but you can have a you can have a discussion with Will about stuff, and uh, that you know you feel like that he is at least listening to you, and he can be swayed. And I've talked to him about some things, and I think while we disagree on a lot of really big things, mm-hmm. uh, we also agree on a lot of really big things on public education and some other stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, where we have we have yeah he has taken some of my ideas, and I have mm-hmm. listened to him on some of his ideas, and. Uh, you know, And I think that uh, that's always good when you have somebody who's willing to do that. Plus, Will is not beholden to anybody. He's got his own money. He doesn't need yours or a major corporation's or anybody else's. And so uh, he is perfectly happy to, to go about uh, spreading his own money around to win an election. Uh, and he was one of the first guys to—or actually the only guy to stand up to my cupboard um, and say, you know, this is not right. What's going on here? And so I like Will and, and his letter that he wrote uh, yesterday that was, I mean— uh, you know, it, it did not. Uh, he didn't pull any punches on this. Uh, you know, he, uh, he his major problem is is that people are not being proactive. Okay, that they they have seen this thing coming, uh, and instead of taking an approach of we've got to do something, they have ignored the pleas of the medical professionals uh, in this state. And, and have set on their hands. Uh, and and one of the, you know, one of the things he talked about in here was was the lack of beds and the lack of uh, of capacity for hospitals. And he broke down. He did the math, just using the projections uh, that we currently have, based on the figures that we currently have and how this thing is growing and spreading. Uh, and he slowed it down a, a little bit to give his projections, and they uh, it far exceeded those uh, well, over well,
2: the last day. Well, you know, okay. So <clears throat> I appreciate that he has taken the position mm-hmm. of of being the one who's saying we need to be more proactive and more accountable. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm good with that. But but I don't you are a lot more magnanimous toward him than I than I am going to be. Okay. And that is in part because Well that's, that's my attitude towards people. I love people. <laughs> Uh I well I love people too. But and, and I and I in in Here the, in the human in the human sense uh-huh. uh I love Will Ainsworth as sure. a fellow human being. Sure. As a politician, I think that that this position of that he's taking mm-hmm. is devoid of backbone. And the reason I say that is that it's easy to rhetorically call out mm-hmm. You know, the governor, well, he didn't really call her out, but mm-hmm. to call, to call out the Alabama government mm-hmm. and uh, to challenge the Alabama government on this. But then one of the most essential ways that this could be addressed, some of the concerns he's raising, mm-hmm. is to expand Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Well, Ainsworth is not for the expansion of Medicaid. Well, I wouldn't. Well, if he is, he's never said so publicly. He's never championed yeah. it publicly. And to me, silence is
0: compliance. Uh, he's never championed it publicly. I, I will say that. Well, Although I don't, I, I don't. Well, then we get to the backbone question. Well, again. I, okay. So I think, all right. I, I would, I would say that uh, we're we're on two different issues with it. Uh, to me. All right, and I because I agree that the expansion of Medicaid would have addressed a number of concerns here. Uh, it would not have addressed all of them, uh, it, I, and I don't think it would have addressed the majority of them.
2: You don't think um, that, that that having that pot of money available for reallocation, repurposing, in the in the state. Health system. You don't mm-hmm. think that would have made a difference now? Well, I don't know that there would have been a pot of money.
0: Uh, I think that there would have been uh, an expansion of Medicaid that would have occurred, let's say three, year, three or four years ago. Okay. Uh, I believe that it would have aided in. Uh, saving a number of 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 doctors' offices uh, mm-hmm. here and and clinics and rural hospitals, probably I would say roughly half of uh, what have what of the ten that have closed would have been able to be saved. Okay. Uh, so I do believe that would ha- would have taken place. So you would have had an increase in beds here, and I, if I'm not mistaken, that would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of around 300 okay. uh, beds. So which would have certainly have helped. Um, I, so I think that that would have been there i don't know that there would have been necessarily the funds to be reallocated what what i think we would have we would have been better off in in terms of personnel and in terms of beds and possibly in terms of equipment we would have been better off yeah. but marginally so and so i still believe that there should have been a pandemic plan here uh, or if you're not going to call it a a pandemic plan a medical crisis plan and there is none even when we saw this coming even when it was happening there still has not been a plan put in place and um you know, and let me let me just read a couple of, a little bit of this letter that he wrote and I think that we can get to to some of what what he is talking about here right. uh, unfortunately for Alabama and the nation is now believed that most states have had community transmission for longer than originally thought and most experts believe we have substantially more cases than are being reported due to a, due to a lack of testing you know that's a pretty direct shot at uh, Trump and some of these other people that have claim that that's not a problem Uh, in my opinion and those of many experts I have consulted Alabama's biggest hurdles in the coming months will be a lack of hospital capacity and a dramatic shortage of PPEs Uh, those needs and my deep concerns have prompted me to write this memo a tsunami of hospital patients is likely to fall upon Alabama in the not too distant future and it is my opinion that this task force and the state are not taking a realistic view of the numbers or adequately preparing for what awaits us and you know and that and I think that is the heart of, of this here is that that sentence there. We we see this coming. The doctors and the medical professionals here on the front lines keep telling us we're, we're, we're nearing capacity now, and the worst of it is yet to come. And, mm-hmm. and we, I mean, if we double this like we think we're going to, uh, you know, or triple this, or quadruple it every day, and you know, right now, if we use the projections that, uh, that Ainsworth broke down in his letter mm-hmm. uh, in May, uh, roughly a little more than a month away, we're looking at two hundred and forty-five thousand cases in this state, uh, thirty-one thousand hospitalizations, and sixty-four hundred ICU patients. Uh, we've got right now mm-hmm. we've got less than fourteen hundred ICU beds, mm-hmm. uh, less than fourteen hundred ventilators. Uh, so where you know where are five times that amount going to come from? And I, that's what I'm saying. I, I think yes, Medicaid expansion would have, would have aided us certainly. I, but I don't think it's going to address this. But I do think some of his ideas in here that he discusses, such as you know bringing in family doctors and nurses and their staffs, having them on call, uh, putting them up in telemedicine uh, operations that could reach more people faster, uh, you know, figuring out ways to to get businesses to create the ventilators and the masks and the things that we need. Uh, all of those things are great ideas and as he said they should have already been happening and i I honestly i kind of get the sense from him and from talking to him that it was a pull your hair out situation where he has gone back and forth kind of behind the scenes talking to people in the governor's office and Mm -hmm. on this uh committee and that he's been able to get nowhere with it
2: well i'm not saying that his position has no value sure i think it has value one thing i love about it is as, as you've already indicated it's a backhand slap at the Trump administration, mm, which always, I love. That yeah. always has value as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> having said that, I think where you and I fundamentally disagree on this is, is, is the value of seeing this as a saying, when I say this, I mean this, this COVID 19 crisis mm-hmm. as prima facie evidence that we have got to expand medicaid in this state mm-hmm. in order to have an influx of money so that we can shore up the health infrastructure of our mm-hmm. state I know i don't disagree with it got to have that yeah. and and to me any statement that is made by any elected official mm-hmm. that does not incorporate that into it is spitting in the wind in this state i think i think all of what you've indicated fine mm-hmm. that's great those are great ideas yes all of that should happen But how is it going to happen? Mm -hmm. And my argument is that without additional resources, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. Or it's well, going to be extremely challenging yes. for it to happen.
0: Well, I, I think that's true. But I don't he, – here's what I what I don't think. I don't think even if you say today, if you get the governor to say, okay, we're going to expand Medicaid, mm-hmm. I don't think that happens and that process takes place in time enough for us to get these resources that we need. What they're going to have to do is some people are going to have to get on the ground right now, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to get out here, and they're going to have to do some real work. They're going to have to build a facility mm-hmm. or uh, several facilities Oh, or, or – uh, take over a facility somewhere uh, and uh, transform that place into a hospital bed a, a makeshift hospital mm-hmm. uh, We're gonna have to do what the Chinese did and we're gonna have to build thousand bed hospitals in eight days uh, here and you know if you don't if you're not building them, you know, you're going to have to make them out of something, and and so I think that's that's the sort of things that we're that we're talking about. You're gonna because we are very quickly. New York's already there. Yeah, uh, we're going to run up on the situation where we're deciding who lives and dies, yeah. and and the doctors are in there making
2: those decisions, and people are dying alone. Right. So I'm saying that it's going to be a lot easier to move forward with doing those things, understanding the financial challenge that's going to Mm -hmm. be for us in this very, um, you know, this state that has an economy that is not on par with New York's, California's, whoever else, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot easier to do that. If you know that Medicaid expansion is coming, I agree with you. Medicaid mm-hmm. expansion is not a today solution, mm-hmm. but it is a solution for the long term. And we know that this uh, I was talking to an infectious disease doctor yesterday or <clears throat> I'm sorry, an infectious disease expert yesterday, uh, uh, Professor uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Laheing at Oakland University, and his projection is. That we're going to be dealing with the, the clinically and economically, we're going to be dealing with the ramifications of this thing for quite some time. Oh yes, no doubt. And, I, and I don't think anybody disagrees with that. No. In fact, we don't even, you know, we we can't even operate on on the assumption that a a clean corona uh, or, or or clean uh, COVID nineteen test today mm-hmm. constitutes a clean COVID nineteen test forever. No. Right? Huh. So we're going to be dealing with this for a while. Mm-hmm. My contention, again, is that <clears throat> because we're going to be dealing with this for a while, now's the time. It's late in the game but now is the time to move forward on medicaid expansion mm-hmm. so that we can be better prepared for what is coming because this thing is going to be coming in waves mm-hmm. and and that's along with everything else that we're going to have to deal with outside of this that we're already dealing mm-hmm. with you know cancer and hiv aids and diabetes obesity all the stuff that is a problem for the people in this state mm-hmm. you know so i'm just saying i think I would be more willing to at least temporarily jump on the Will Ainsworth bandwagon. Well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't create a bandwagon. <laughs> I'd be more willing to do that. I'd be willing that, to sit there with you and, and and put on a put on a Will Ainsworth hat for I, I five seconds. I don't have if he a Will were Ainsworth championing hat. if he was championing Medicaid expansion. Listen, I don't have a Will Ainsworth hat, but
0: I think <laughs> I think realistically, what we could do in this state to do all those things you talk about is just take that money from public education.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the plan anyway. As, as, as we would um, say, Jesus, help him. Help him, help no. him Jesus. Uh, th- listen, I uh, I don't have a Will Ainsworth hat. I don't. I'm not well, right on a bandwagon. I'm glad I, hear I just that. think glad that, to hear that, that that he that he spoke a lot of truth about what's going on in this particular situation and and, and everybody could agree with him for now uh, and get behind what he's talking about and, and we could not make necessarily uh, you know Good, good enough, or the the treatment of this, uh, or the solutions to some of this uh, short term here, be the enemy of uh, of what we're trying to do. All right, that's all I'm saying. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm in. All, all right. right, that's it. All right, we gotta get out of here. We're gonna get Chip Brownlee in here. No.
2: <laughs> Will uh, Haysworth. Will Haysworth go? Will. I don't like you, bro. <laughs>
0: Welcome back in to uh, Alabama Politics this week. We are joined now by uh, uh, my intern. And uh, <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. Uh, Don't you just love that, Chip? Uh, Don't you just that he calls you that? <laughs> uh, that,
0: uh, that is the uh, the voice of uh, Chip Brownlee, who is a uh, reporter with us at the Alabama Political Reporter. He has the uh, COVID 19 beat currently. Uh, Sadly. And yeah yeah uh, actually chip has done some some really really good work uh some stuff that has been yeah. uh, picked up by folks all over the state and and nationally i know rachel maddow has uh, become a huge fan and uh and chip's <laughs> headlines are routinely on the uh, in the background as she's speaking and his maps and charts and things of that nature are back there as well
2: and yeah, she uh, loves that kind of stuff
0: yeah it's uh it's honestly chip has done really really great work yeah. i, I he, he had a really great mentor. Uh, Thank you. So, it was it was all
2: you, Josh. Who's the mentor? Who's that? Who's the mentor again? Who is that person? You know, I don't I don't <laughs>
1: like to brag. It's all Josh.
0: But yeah, all right. Well, first of all, let me let me welcome you properly, Chip. Welcome
1: into the podcast that you normally produce. Thank you, Josh. I've never heard of this podcast. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't spend hours every week putting this together. <laughs>
0: well well uh, well anybody who's listened to K- could probably attest to that uh but uh the uh, no i actually chip doesn't uh, you should, you he should does. hear should hear some of the crap we send him uh and
1: it, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe one week I'll do a bloopers <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, let's not do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I apologize for everything I've said. Um all right, so let's let's go through uh no all joking aside, uh let, let's kind of go through uh some of some of your reporting and, and I guess uh let's start with where we are today, which is Thursday. Uh mm-hmm. how you've seen the numbers grow and and how what what concerns you the most, I guess would be the best way to put it
1: yeah I think that's a that's a really good question. Where we are right now is as of Thursday afternoon when we're recording this, we're at four hundred and eighty confirmed cases of the virus in Alabama. We're starting to see it spread really all over the state. It's in more than forty five counties now um at the beginning of the week, it was around twenty counties uh you know a day ago, two days ago we were at two hundred cases now we're at four hundred and eighty um the rate of growth is really, I mean, it's tracking a lot of other places where it doubles every yesterday it doubled in one day, but most other days it's doubled every two or three days. So if we continue on this trajectory right now, that's really worrying to me. And I know from the doctors and the medical professionals and the hospital officials that I've been talking to for the past two weeks, that they're very concerned about the rate of growth. I think the thing that I'm most concerned about right now, is that if you look back over the past two weeks, so Florida, Georgia, and Louisiana, they all had um, their first cases before us. So we're a little bit behind them. If you look back at at those cases, our rate of growth is much higher than Florida and Georgia at this point in their experience with COVID. So we're like five or six days behind them in terms of when they had their first case and when we had ours they had fewer cases than we do. And Georgia has twice the population of us and Florida has about five times the population of us. And that's, that to me is, is, is very worrying. And now some of that could be chalked up to the fact that we haven't been testing and they maybe haven't been testing. It's hard to tell how much of this are, is actually real cases. Um, and how many more real cases than we have. But if you just look at the testing numbers, our rate of growth is faster than Florida and Georgia. It's less than Louisiana. And if you haven't looked, Louisiana is in a crisis right now. I mean, they're already, they, have, they are already running out of ventilators. The hospitals in New Orleans are nearly full. They've declared a major disaster there. It's it's going to get bad. They think that they will run out of ICU beds and hospital beds by the first or second week in April and that's what like five or six days from now um, so we look a lot more right now we look more like Louisiana than we do Georgia or Florida and there's a crisis in Georgia too I mean Atlanta is in a very similar situation um, so I, I'm worried and it's hard to you know look at the numbers and know exactly what's going on because the state has been so to me, not very transparent.
0: Yeah. That, that was, I was going to ask you because that uh, you brought up Louisiana and, and we famously heard the other day from, from governor Ivey uh, that would not even like Louisiana, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and her, as she excused away, not, not putting in more restrictive measures on people moving about the state and, and transmitting this thing around even, uh, even more. Uh, but that, clearly does not seem to be the case. We, we are basically like Louisiana. Uh, and and so that kind of falls in line, though, with what I have experienced in, in reporting, and I'm pretty sure you as well, uh, in that we have, for whatever reason, we've tried to put a shine on this uh, and, and tried to uh, make people think that it's not as bad as it is. Uh, we have – they've been – They've been very tight in releasing numbers. They've been very selective in what numbers they release. Uh, the numbers that you, that they do release, often you can't rely on them, and I've, you've done some work in that regard as well. So right. I guess talk about the, uh, the, the experience you've had in trying to get numbers and where you've gone about getting them and how frustrating it has been.
1: Look, I mean, the whole thing about this situation is that it doesn't matter. The confirmed cases in the state of Alabama right now at 480, that matters a lot, you know, to give us an idea of what's happening. But in the grand scheme of things, how many people are confirmed to have this virus? It matters, but not that much. What really matters, and why everybody is so worried about this crisis is hospitals. And the state of Alabama is right now not telling us how many people are in hospitals. I spent you know, a day and a half talking to the major hospitals in the state and getting numbers from them about how many people they have in the hospitals admitted, how many are in ICUs, how many have ventilators. That was, you know, hard information to get from the hospitals because they don't want to give it to the media. But I got a lot of them. And it's concerning because the state won't tell us how many are in hospitals at UAB alone. As of yesterday, there were 60 people confirmed to have coronavirus in the hospital now for some for some like comparison there yesterday there were 400 people in hospitals in in louisiana in, uh louisiana so where we have what a fourth of the people in hospitals and at uab alone right now and if i looked at the other numbers and there are at least 100 people if not more in hospitals already right now in alabama who either have been confirmed to have the virus or the hospital is basically saying they have it, but their test results aren't back. If you broaden that out and you look at the, these same hospitals and you look at how many people are waiting on COVID tests, these are people that are hospitalized right now. The people that are waiting on COVID tests, the number's closer to 300. Now, not all of those people are gonna end up having the virus, it could be something else, but. Mm-hmm.
0: But they're all taken up that, a bed in the hospital.
1: Right. But, the, but these are people who have some kind of unknown respiratory illness that the hospital doesn't know what it is, and they're testing them from, for coronavirus. So the likelihood that a lot of those will end up being coronavirus patients, and I've looked at some of the numbers move around, most of the time they end up being COVID patients. So the fact that the state is not telling us how many people are hospitalized how many people are in ICUs? How many ventilators are being used is really worrisome because that is the main thing that everybody's worried about. That's the thing that, every, that like, that's why UAB is putting out this number, I think, because they're trying to set an example for the other hospitals and for the state to say, put this stuff out so people know to stay the heck home. Yeah. Uh, so, and, yeah.
2: No, no. Go finish your thought Chip, and then I'll ask you my questions. Go ahead.
1: The only other thing I was going to say about this is that pretty much every other state's doing that. I mean, if you look at Louisiana, their dashboard where they put out the, this information every day, they tell you exactly how many people are hospitalized with this, exactly how many people are on ventilators. Um, and then they tell you how many people they've tested, the state lab in Louisiana tested and how many commercial labs have tested. So you have you can look at Louisiana and that situation looks really scary, but they have a much more complete picture of their situation than we in Alabama do. We don't so, know how how many people have been tested in our state or right. any of this information
2: right. so let me let me ask you specifically about that first. Do you believe that this is a, a a conscious act of i'll say a lack of transparency that this is intentional, or do you believe this is a byproduct of 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 perhaps an inefficiency in our state government?
1: David, that that's going to be, I think, looking back on this, the eternal question of whether or not this is purposeful or whether or not it's just, I don't want to say incompetence, but whether or not the situation is so difficult right now that they're having trouble getting this information. Um, I can't make a guess about that. I think maybe it's a lot of work to get these numbers right now and they aren't set up to put the numbers out. Maybe they're understaffed, but I, you know, I've asked some of these questions and very rarely do I get an actual answer. So Mm -hmm. I, I do get, I do get the feeling that Uh there's not a lot. They don't want a lot of transparency about some of these more, um, kind of difficult questions. I think, I I don't know. Maybe Josh has other thoughts about this. Maybe I'll do. I just
0: say that, that, uh, From from my dealings with hospital officials, um, Mm -hmm. I got the real sense that some were the UAB, for example. uh, There's some others around the state uh, that I have spoken to. I'd prefer not to to name off any because I think then it would. uh, You know, I've got a lot of of sources of people that I would like to you know to keep in uh, (laughs) keep private. But um, they. I will say that a lot of them have been very forthcoming in in the numbers to put out there uh, because they want people to know and they want people to understand and appreciate the gravity of the situation. Uh, Some others have been very... Tight-lipped about it, and have been very hostile about it, and have been trying to put a good face on this. Jackson Hospital is one that comes to mind immediately. Uh, we wrote a story over the weekend talking about the inside of that uh, hospital there over the weekend, and, now, and that's they changed in Jackson County. No, no, in ja- in Montgomery, Jackson's Jackson Hospital. Oh, in oh Jackson in
2: Montgomery. Yeah. okay, gotcha.
0: And, and it was it, it was as if we had slapped the, them in the face by telling people what was going on, and hmm, and they right. they wanted to put this face on this thing as if everything was okay. No, it's ever. We've got plenty of stuff we've got plenty of things and when the people who are actually on the ground they're working we're saying no you don't you don't have the the plenty of this stuff that we're, mm-hmm. we're going we see the trend here and that's what the people who were working were are saying is we see this trend we see how it's going we're going to be out of uh, out of equipment and out, and out of ventilators in a very short order here and and we need to do something and so i think there is there has probably been some pushback for the Department of Public Health on getting a lot of those numbers uh, from 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 some hospitals who don't want to disclose them but at the end of the day that somebody needs to decide who's in charge here right. and, and get the numbers the hell out to the people and
2: let everybody know what's going on well no yeah. doubt no doubt and and chip I want to I want to say that I before I go any further I want to commend you for the caliber of your reporting I was very impressed with what I was seeing I I've, I've, part of my career has been uh, as a working journalist, and I know how difficult it is to do what you're doing. So thank you for what you're doing for us. We really appreciate you're it. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome, David. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, listen, thank it's you hard for training, Chip, to, to do yeah, that. But right. Yeah. So there's <laughs> the
2: mentor jumping in again. <laughs> so thank you both. Thank you both for your kind words. I appreciate it. So now, Chip, let me let me ask you this. Uh, uh, You know, I was teasing in the first segment. I was teasing Josh about uh, his his rah rah session for Will Ainsworth's letter. That Ainsworth released, oh, and uh, and 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 I was picking at him about it. But in all seriousness, Josh does make a good point about, and I did concede this, about some of the things that Ainsworth is raising, some of the concerns he's raising about what is not happening in the state, based on your reporting. Do you do you also have uh, share those same concerns, and do you feel that that it's it it matters? that Ainsworth is the second-highest-ranking official in our state and arguably the second-most powerful Republican in our state is taking the position that he's taken.
1: To me, when Josh wrote that story, when we got that memo, I I was pretty shocked by that, that he so publicly in this memo to all those people on the task force was calling for much more, you know, uh, aggressive measures to contain this. I think a week ago I would have said that Governor Ivy and the task force were you know doing a lot to contain this because at the time not even really New York or California had issued the type of lockdowns that that we're seeing now. But at this point when the cases here are doubling every day and w- we are looking like we're on a trajectory to be um one of the harder hit states right now. I I do wonder why we're not why we haven't, you know, changed our restrictions since really, you know, a week or so ago. Um, why are we not? I, I would like some, you know, Governor Ivy says we're not Louisiana. We're not, you know, New York or California. But I do want to know why they think we're immune to this. To some kind of degree, if 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 Louisiana needs a lockdown um, or a stay at home order, whatever you want to call it. And Birmingham needs one, then why doesn't the rest of Alabama need one? So Birmingham's really hard hit and relative to the rest of Alabama. But if you look at Lee County, I mean, they have 45 cases right now. There is a huge backlog of tests that haven't been completed that hospital there is very close to being overwhelmed they have uh as of yesterday nine people confirmed with it but more, nearly 30 people in that hospital with uh that the hospital you know suspects are covid but haven't gotten their test results back and they're getting more and more patients every day and that is a it's a bigger hospital but it's not that big and 30 doesn't 30, you know 30 or 40 doesn't sound like a lot of patients but it is a lot of patients um especially when you have to take extra precautions with you know patients who've tested positive or are suspected to be COVID patients you have to do a whole lot of other things that you wouldn't normally do with somebody who just has you know pneumonia or something Um, so i do wonder why we're not doing more right now um i suspect that maybe we're getting to the point where they might start considering some of those things But if you listen to Dr. Fauci, who is kind of, I guess, everybody's national hero right now, what he said about Louisiana is, paraphrasing here, I bet they wish they'd locked down sooner.
2: You know, I I just want to share one other thing with you guys to get you to respond to this. I have um, one of my college friends is an ER doctor and or an ER physician's assistant in Mm -hmm. uh, the Atlanta area. And he has talked about how when he has to interact with patients now, he double gloves, mm. double masks. I think he even puts on two uh, overcoats or, or let's say overcoats, lab coats or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, just his whole approach is, is different. Uh, yeah. I have a friend who is a, um, a medical professional in Florida who is, uh, was sharing with some uh, friends of ours that she now, in the unit that she manages, has to in, 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 intubate um, COVID-19 people, mm-hmm. people who are infected. And there's a fear. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a fear that is that is not just specific to uh or that we can identify clearly identify the public, but there's another fear, a parallel fear that is unique to those who are in the on the front lines of this thing mm-hmm. in the medical community, and I can't help but wonder what impact that's going to have on how we are able to respond to this disease when you have this this cloud of fear that is permeating our healthcare facilities.
0: I uh, the uh, and I understand we're saying I I think that that there is a there is a fear there but what my sense of it is is that the these folks are fearful of getting sick and being unable to work uh, right. that, and also
2: what's going to happen to their families yeah and what's going to happen
0: to their yeah. families and, and how they're what you know the isolation is going to have to take place and then you know are they going to then infect other people and it's going to spread mm-hmm. I think they are more uh, attuned to this I don't I don't know that their fear in, in most of those cases at least from the people I've talked to is of uh, of serious illness necessarily although it, right. this could be you know serious certainly for for younger and healthier people it can be at, at times in, in specific yeah. instances but 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 for overall, the the numbers have held that roughly 80, 85 percent of people who are under the age of 60 and and been decent enough health, you know, they recover fairly rapidly, Mm -hmm. uh, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, from from this after a short term. Some others are more highly affected. But so I I get the sense it's more of a fear of of, hey, I'm not going to be able to do my job. I'm going to infect other people. I'm going to cause this thing to spread if I don't do these things.
1: Right. right, I think I think this is so. Ventilators are one c- huge concern. That's probably the biggest concern. You know, I hear from people is that we're not going to have enough ventilators because of the you know bidding war and everything that's going on with that. The other thing is hospital space, um, beds. That's easier to fix. You can build field hospitals. You can re like if this gets bad enough, we might see the state reopen some of these closed hospitals. That's pretty easy to do. The thing that's not easy to do is get new doctors and get new nurses. That's a pretty fixed number that you can, you know, do th- So the state has done this thing where they say, if you're an out-of-state doctor, you can come work in Alabama to help with the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. From> the <laughs> well, other every other state, exactly. Yeah. Every other state is also having a crisis right now. Exactly. So I, I, you're seeing universities in New York um, that are, you know, graduating um doctors early uh and saying you know we will graduate you sooner than we would have if you'll go and voluntarily work in with covid patients in our hospitals and mm. that's helped new york a bit um, right, and that's
0: that was one of my points, too, in, in, in being on the Will Ainsworth bandwagon earlier. Uh, was ah, you admit it. Yeah, you you know, admit it. You were yeah, on the bandwagon. Listen, you get accused of something enough, and, just fine, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but, you just find it. But his idea of getting the you know the family doctors and the other pe- folks like that, you know, uh, the uh, nurse practitioners and, and folks around the state uh, that are in, in private practice uh, to get them out of, their, out of their offices and to come and contribute four, six to eight hours Hours a day, uh, you know, treating this this virus in hospitals or telemedicine or whatever. Uh, I thought it was a very unique idea and, and a good idea.
2: Yeah, sort of a. Statewide uh, uh, Peace Corps yeah. kind of concept. Yeah, that actually is a good idea. Yeah, well, especially especially coming from yeah. a conservative.
1: Will Haynesworth, except your medis- yeah. medis-
2: Medicaid expansion. That's a, that's a pretty good idea for a guy who's dead wrong on that issue. Go ahead, Chip. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all I think all of these are good ideas. Bring in primary care physicians who may not have the exact same training as some of these more kind of emergency room intensive care doctors would have but they can still help with more minor cases that are hospitalized and they could probably help with you know ventilators and people that are intubated and in intensive care some other things that you could do is say you know we have a lot of nurse practitioners in alabama we mm. could give them we Great could give poor. them you know more ability to contribute to this they already will be contributing a lot so will nurses but you can expand their scope of practice or whatever and let them do more um but the other thing that we forget about this is that alabama already has a shortage of doctors especially in rural mm-hmm. in rural areas that are, you know the hospitals have closed Doc- a lot of the doctors are older younger doctors are not you know we have all these programs that basically pay Younger doctors to go work in these places, but and a lot have gone back. But there are still there's still a major shortage of doctors, especially in the less populated areas of the state. So Mm -hmm. we could be in a worse situation than say New York, which has a lot of doctors. Um, Should we? Shouldn't we also?
2: And I don't know. Maybe Will Ainsworth, the great Will Ainsworth, has already covered this. I don't know. (laughs) But but is it possible that it would make sense? for us to mandate, and I say us, meaning the state, should mandate that all doctors in the course of whatever treatment that they're doing, you know, any routine visits that people are making, that, that, and again, I know we'd have to have access to the test, but shouldn't the objective be ultimately to have it so that every medical visit includes automatically a COVID-19 test? Where are you going to get the test from? Well, that's what I'm saying. We got to work up to that. Yeah. But I'm saying that, that that should be the objective. Yeah. You know, during this time of crisis, we ought to be working toward that
0: goal. Well, I'll mention that to Will and see if we can get that done.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, the test <laughs> the testing question is a really interesting one because you know there are some uh, healthcare public health experts who say we're kind of past the point of testing right now now we need to focus on our hospitals there are others who say we need to keep testing so that we can find these people who are positive who are these asymptomatic carriers who don't show any signs that they have it but are spreading it to other people and still moving it around and we still need to test them because that will give us an idea of where they are we can start to isolate them especially when we want to open the economy back up again when we feel like we've gotten over a hump that will become increasingly important. So we don't need to stop trying to get tests, but I do, I I don't know what, we definitely need to expand our testing capacity right now, especially to identify these people who are in hospitals and are still waiting on tests. Um, But I don't know that that will fix the immediate crisis of the fact that we may not have enough ventilators and people might die because we don't have the equipment or the doctors. Or yeah, the I,
0: I, I think that is um, I think that's probably right uh, at, the, at this point I mean you, you've got You've got more pressing needs And well But uh, let me just say That this has uh, Been a fairly depressing segment um, So <laughs> thanks for I'm thanks sorry for that. It's okay listen All you can do is work with the facts That you're given uh, and, and you've done that very very well And Great job, Chip. Uh, yeah, Great it job. has it has been. Thank I, you. Uh, you know, and all joking aside, I know that I'm going to end up working for you one day. So it's uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, it, uh, nah. uh, Chip has has been one of the uh, one of the best reporters that I've worked with. Um, and you know, I've been around doing it a while, and I've worked with a lot of people. Um, you know. Some of them have been terrible, some of them have been good and chip is is one of the best. And so uh Thank we you. do appreciate you coming on and uh and listen, we're gonna send this to you in a few minutes and maybe you can clean up some of the stuff that you said and make it sound okay. Uh <laughs> and uh and then do the and then try to do whatever you can with the rest of this nonsense where you know, David's really just screwed up his whole podcast
1: now <laughs> and the ideas that I had. So <laughs>
2: Spoken like a true Will Ainsworth fan. Josh, Uh, you always try to
1: deflect blame. You're the one screwing up the podcast most of the time. uh, Not David.
2: (laughs) Go, Chip, go. We're going
0: to edit that out. And and we're going to edit that out in post, please. Check's
2: in the mail, Chip. Uh, Check's in the mail. I
1: bet you (laughs) wish you knew how to edit it out.
2: Oh,
0: wait. I just deleted all this. I'm sorry. I know how to do that. All right. right. That is Chip Brownlee uh, with the uh, Alabama Political Reporter. Uh, He's done a great job. Y'all check out his work uh, there. And uh, and it it is, uh, well, it's not you're not going to enjoy it okay but it is informative and it is uh, it, it will help you understand kind of what's going on yeah. all right that's uh, that's it for now we're, we're going to slide back in we'll talk about the uh the bailout uh, that came down the pike uh, last night and uh, and a couple of other bits of information and you know we'll close out with a right wing note of the week we'll be back in a minute Like that. that? was pretty pretty uh, awesome,
2: Was that your uh singing voice? No, that was just
0: me. You know, just me <laughs> messing around. It was just my normal voice, like like a bird. Uh like a little bird. I can't even help it. Um all right. So we promised at the open here we were gonna get to the stimulus yeah. uh, package that was passed, so everybody get ready to get your checks. Uh twelve hundred dollar checks. Um uh, are coming to most folks that make uh, under uh, under one hundred fifty thousand for couples, under seventy
2: five thousand for uh, individuals. Um, so yeah, I think couples are getting what twelve hundred, I think, or twelve forty. I'm sorry, not twelve forty. Twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred.
0: Twenty four hundred yeah, for couples. Five hundred for each kid you have, and mm-hmm. um, and so you know that'll be nice for the folks who get all that. Uh, um, we'll see what. Don't know. Don't know what I'm getting at my house, but we'll,
2: we'll see. Yeah, same
0: here. Uh, so we'll 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 see how how the how the numbers play out. I can't remember what the the 2018 taxes showed, but we'll uh, we'll see. Man, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get a portion anyways. Uh, so uh, you know, it's it's nice. It's uh, the the bill itself. As uh, in addition to the to the payments that were coming out uh, for everybody, there's also uh, three hundred and seventy-seven billion uh, mm-hmm. that would uh, small business loans, uh, and a five hundred billion dollar overall program there for lending and uh, to give grants out to uh, to businesses. Uh, spend sent uh, a hundred billion dollars to hospitals. Uh, I mean, it's there, there's a whole mess of this stuff. It ended up being two point two trillion uh, dollars, which was more than the federal billions of dollars more than the federal budget is annually. Uh, but you know, your time of crisis a lot of this stuff is going to be paid back because a lot of it does come in the form of loans to people mm-hmm. uh, and into to corporations uh, so but the big uh, the big holdup earlier and the big news earlier uh, in the week was that um, you know this thing had gotten held up uh, twice yeah. by, by Democrats and they flexed uh, their muscles yeah and uh, you know all the people are outraged uh, you can't believe they're playing politics in this time of crisis you know and so mm. but let me just um, I put this, uh, I wrote this little bit and put, uh, put it on Facebook last night on my Facebook page. It's been shared around you know, about a thousand times now. So let me, um, I'll just tell you what you got for those two days. For those two days of the Democrats holding out on this thing. You got an untaxed rebate check, which was a big deal. Uh, because next year on your taxes, you're not going to have that to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unemployment uh, weeks and the amount of money that you're getting were both expanded. So you get an additional 13 weeks that you can apply for at the end of this thing, and you get an additional $600 per week. Okay? I think small change. All right? Right. That's, that can make a difference for some people. Yeah. Um, additional uh, business grants went into this thing. Not loans, grants. Mm-hmm. Additional grants went in. Uh, $150 billion ended up going to hospitals out of this. They didn't have anything in the hospital for hospitals. The and people on the front tremendous. lines. tremendous. Yeah. yeah, that's tremendous. 150 went to hospitals to help them offset some of the costs of things that they're doing over there. Uh, you know, a lot of hospitals have had to add on ICU units and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So there have been tremendous costs borne by some hospitals. Now they make a lot of money in, a lot, in most cases, uh, unless you're a rural hospital in alabama um right so, you know, and and then also there's was $100 billion that went to cities and counties. Uh, and those uh, – it's not – overall, not a lot of money, but they can offset some – in some cities and counties, there's going to be a huge shortfall uh, coming in from tax dollars and things like that because of huge. all this. Yeah. And huge. so some of this is going to be – they can yeah. offset some of their losses
2: and continue to pay their employees
0: because yeah. city and counties employ a lot of people. That's right. And, I mean,
2: we, we're seeing – I mean, again uh, – uh, what's the, uh, the, the restaurant chain? Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. Cheesecake Factory is saying, basically, we're not going to be able to pay rent in April hmm. in any of their stores, is what you they're know, saying, or any of
0: their restaurants. You know, the Cheesecake Factory should have really had a three-month plan and learned to code. Uh, <laughs> you know isn't that what they tell poor people all the time if you're right, having, exactly, having a problem you know, exactly really exactly. you should have had three months you should have planned for this process that's right, you know? that's right.
2: We're, we're, well, why weren't you following well, the we, Dave yeah, Ramsey exactly
0: planned. yeah well, we're, we're, learn to code okay yeah, yeah. come on people
2: uh, <laughs> where's your rainy day fund uh, and,
0: and here was uh, one of the other big ones uh, the 500 billion dollar slush fund that was going to be controlled by Steve Mnuchin uh, is, uh, is oh, now is now he says his name I think so well okay. that's how I see it uh Uh, And it it was going to be just controlled by him. There was going to be a a, six- a six-month secrecy period, which you wouldn't find out who got the loans or why they got them uh, for six months. Typical. Uh, mm. yeah. Typical. All that is off the board now. They've uh, they've got uh, the $500 billion uh, fund is there. However, it now has an oversight board, uh, and it cannot loan to any senior government official businesses. Uh, so anybody, uh, the Trump administration, uh, they of uh, the, the Trumps cannot get in on this. Which is the part uh, I loved the uh, most I know, when right? I read that. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's great. Right. Yeah, because yeah, you know they were they were lining oh, up. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so Look at they greedy little fingers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and all of the transactions made by this will go into a database that you can search online uh,
2: immediately. Uh, transparency is great. Now mm-hmm. going back to the board, mm-hmm. um, it's a five person board. Who's appointing them? I don't know. I mean, is come on, am I going to have
0: all the information? I, just, I don't well, know. You know yeah. I mean, it's $500 billion. What do we care? It's just small numbers.
2: <laughs> well, um, nonetheless, this is good. This yes, is, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's better than a lot ones. of good. There's a lot of good in there.
0: In addition, increases in funding for rural broadband expansion, child care facilities, mm-hmm. domestic abuse shelters, and mental health facilities. All of that.
2: Democrats.
0: All of that yes, came sir. for those two days. Yes, okay? Yes. Not a single. Not a single provision in mm-hmm. here from these Democrats that they held out for was for a major corporation right. for their own self-interest right. or for some other nonsense like you know and people can bring up all they want to about uh, Nancy Pelosi wanting abortion funding it's not true didn't never wanted the thing in there what they were fighting about over there was a Republican sliding a thing in the back door of there that was trying to cut out uh, mm-hmm. abortion clinics mm-hmm. on that because they tried to exclude nonprofits who received Medicaid mm-hmm. out of there when what they had actually done by accident was defund nursing homes okay mm-hmm. Right? And so, yeah, Oops. about that. Uh, so, so that all of this stuff, all yeah. these things, all these provisions that came in here that, you know, and this has always been my my problem. And, and the and the reason why I can I've never been able to wrap my head around the voting in this state. And, and just look at the way the people are voting. Look at what the, the their their priorities are. Look at what they're pushing, what their bills say, what they're doing for for everyone. And why in the world are you voting for these other people? I just don't I don't well, understand. I don't. Know,
2: one of my buddies who is an is is Alabama native and the son of an Alabama native explained it to me this way many, many years ago. He's in, our, in the newspaper. He was in the newspaper business. Well, actually still is. He said this. He said, I was raised to mm-hmm. believe that it doesn't matter what's going on always, always, always oppose tax increases. Mm-hmm. If you, you said, that's what I was raised with. Mm-hmm. That was the mantra he was raised with. Well, so the party that then takes a position that it's okay to raise taxes mm-hmm. is the party that then becomes the enemy yeah. based on that premise.
0: You know, I'll tell you the thing that, that I've noticed is a, um, a phony sense of self-reliance. Mm. That that I love is that. that's a uh, great way to think. You know of it, that that yeah. they have made this th- right. is this, this prideful. Yes. Oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, right. and and do do this for yourself, and never take a handout from the government. No, we, you want the government helping you? You don't need a handout from the government. Right. In the meantime, don't, they're over exactly. here exactly taking everything exactly. they can get their grimy little hands on exactly. and, and building themselves up and taking every advantage that they can take. Except they call them different things. Yeah, you know they don't it, call it. It's, it, it's uh, a bailout. It's a bailout. It's it's a you know it's a tax break. Yeah. It's a tax break. It's an incentive. It's an incentive. Yeah. I was just going to say. It's yeah. an incentive. It's a, we're incentivizing yes. people to come yeah. in. These are the job creators, yes. you know, yes. and, and we're going to trickle that down, mm-hmm. you know, which and never a drop has landed on anybody's head. No. Nope. Uh, well, well have and some drops. But now, but, yeah. Not <laughs> not. But some plops. Not water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some plops landed on some heads over there. All right, but yeah. that, that is that is your stimulus. I, look, I, will it will it save Wall Street? Seemed like. Like it, uh, you know the market, and if the market's like it, hey, listen, the market's also like killing grandpa last week too, which mm-hmm. was, uh, again a remarkable turn of events to hear Republicans mm-hmm. o- openly talking about killing people. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, well, they're just going to have to die. Yeah, no. and, and yeah, I, I mean, it was an, an astonishing thing, but of course. It it came from the top. Uh-huh. I mean this was this was the he didn't say it explicitly, mm-hmm. but you could easily infer from what he was saying. Yeah. It was like basically survival of the of the fittest economically speaking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and you you know why was because this week, six of his seven most profitable properties were closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to be closed down. And so he is desperately searching at this point for a way to get out of this, even though he's supposed to be divested from these things and yeah. uh, there's right. going to be a blind you know, trust right. put in yeah. place and he has no idea and not making any money off of That's anything. That's the biggest and, bunch uh, of bull. Of course it is. Uh, the and, biggest. And, well, and we're still waiting on the tax returns. So, you know, still yeah. waiting. Still Nobody waiting. cares apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. so that, you know. That's where we are uh, with with all of life and with uh, with the stimulus, and we'll see how it how it works and how it uh, comes about. I but think kudos to the Democrats. Yes, they held the ground.
2: You out, they held the ground. They stand, stood up for the least of these. Yes,
0: and how about uh, and really? It doesn't get said very often by a lot of people, including Democrats who should. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, you know, major props to her roll, roll, rolled into town and they took a lot of criticism yeah. for saying no we're shutting this down yeah. uh, and and then on the back side of this I think some people owe her a pretty big apology I think they got uh,
2: pretty much everything they wanted out of this. She uh, without question in my, in my lifetime I would say without question she has been the most important and I would even argue successful Speaker mm-hmm. of the House in yeah. my lifetime.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that, that is, that's probably true. I mean, she's done some yeah. things I don't agree with. Everybody has. Right. Uh, and But I, I'll say, uh, too, you know, there, there has also been some criticism from from Democrats and the, especially the more progressive liberal wing of, of the Democratic Party that say that this is not a great deal for workers. It's not the best deal that could have been made. And they're 100% right. Oh, it's I isn't the agree best that. deal that could sure. have been made. No, yeah. uh, But it's a, the, I think they've
2: got a lot of things. Out of this right. that wasn't in there to it's, begin it's with. It's the best deal that could be made in this with this configuration yes. of the of the Senate and mm-hmm. of the House. This is the best deal, and the White yeah. House. This is the best deal you are going to yeah. get.
0: Two point two trillion dollars. Yeah. man. I mean it's a it's a lot of money, and yeah. it's uh, and Shouldn't it's a be dismissed. It's a hail mary uh, here to try to try to pull us out or save us from a uh, from a deep recession, possibly a depression, mm-hmm. and, and we'll see. You know how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ho- hope it works. I hope it. Uh, ho- obviously hope it works. And mm-hmm. and if this doesn't work, I hope that do more uh and and maybe we can revisit some payments to people and help them uh you know help them bail themselves further out of the the debt and things that's going to come out of this because yeah. i think it's going to be bad for at least a couple of more months you know
2: and, oh it's going to be longer than that i think i think it's going to be challenging now it's going to it's hopefully god willing it's going to slow down and yeah. decrease but i think we're going to still be dealing with aspects of this into 2000 and, uh 21.
0: Oh, well, I think that's absolutely true. I just think that the I'm, I'm hoping that the worst of it uh,
2: will, the will worst be of the, storm
0: yeah, the worst of the storm will pass as 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 the weather starts to warm. Uh, I hope hopefully uh, yeah. and and that maybe we can we can get a slowdown. If we can get a slowdown, then maybe we can get some people back to work. But I think the uh, key thing
2: to-, to say, though, Josh, is it's not going to happen when Trump is talking about it. Well, Easter is way too soon. To be assuming David, that we're going to be David, David, in, David, in a state David. where we can that's, all go to church. First of all,
0: that's a beautiful day, David. Okay? That's the beautiful day. All right? And, and that's because that's probably the day that he sends the checks to the porn stars. So, uh, but, because you know, we're resurrecting it that day. Uh, oh, but, ba-dump. yeah. So, uh, no, listen. Anybody who thinks that is mm-hmm. is crazy, okay, uh, and 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 it's not surely surely people because it, this is the other thing people need to understand. It's not up to him, all right. It's not up to him. It's up to governors and mayors and uh, you know I, that doesn't give me a lot of faith in the state, um, right. but you know it's 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 not up to him. It's up to the your local leadership, all right, uh, particularly your mayors and people. But listen, more than anything else. Listen to the doctors. Just listen to the doctors, right. and as Hillary Clinton said, do not take medical advice from a man who looked directly into an eclipse. Okay, oh, I
2: love that. I line. Know. When I saw that, I thought that's brilliant. Yeah, that's it really brilliant. was. Uh, yeah. Opposite of brilliant. I'm hit the right
0: wing note the week, and let's mm-hmm. get out of here.
2: Yeah, let's do that. So uh, we got, uh, we have no surprise here that uh, <laughs> you know just really stupid. The stupid combination of right wing politics and, uh, and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say it right wing theology. Uh, comes together once again at Liberty University, and uh, and of course, if it's not Liberty University, it's it's uh, uh, Billy Graham's kid, uh, Franklin Graham, saying something crazy, or it's one of these televangelists. So here's what's happening at Liberty University. Liberty University has decided that it is going to welcome back students to its campus this week. We're recording this. Uh, Thursday the twenty was the twenty fifth twenty sixth I'm sorry twenty sixth. So uh, this was announced a couple of days ago uh, that they're going to start announcing uh, they're going to start welcoming students back to their campus this week. Even though, even though all of the CDC guidelines and all of the prevailing scientific and medical wisdom says this is the wrong time. For it's people to be idea. coming back in groups because of the potential to spread uh, uh, COVID-19, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all, uh, you know he's exponentially. He's going to kill people. He's going to yeah. kill people. And people um, are dying. Yeah. And people are dying across yeah. age groups. It's that, not, I mean, even young yeah, people absolutely. are dying. And that's going so, to cause deaths. What he's so,
0: doing is going to cause deaths.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just reckless. It's yes, reckless. It there's, no, there's no logical reason for this to happen. And yet this is what they're doing at liberty
0: well Rivers. there's a monetary reason for him to do what he's doing and that's exactly that's all it's about is that they they were on the verge of having to send back a bunch of room and board uh, money and a bunch of lab fees and things of that nature and so that's that's all the thing's about it's all well, it's ever going to be about
2: well i think i think you're right that there's um you know in fact his statement is pretty telling here because he says Uh, I think we have a, and I'm saying he, uh, Falwell Jr., Jerry Falwell Jr., I think we have a responsibility to our students who paid to be here, who want to be here, who love it here, to give them the ability to be with their friends, to continue their studies, enjoy, here's the key phrase, Josh, Mm -hmm. enjoy the room and board they've already paid for. Exactly. Yeah, that's the Freudian slip, right? Yeah. That's it. Right.
0: I'll tell you this, and uh, to to wrap it up here, I think the 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 cruelest thing about this this virus mm-hmm. is the fact that we don't get to choose who gets the worst cases of it cuz <laughs> you know uh, if we if we got to choose oh, gosh yeah well i mean if you listen I I I pass it. We don't get to choose. So these jackasses here are going to go and infect innocent people. Yeah, Uh, they're going to kill elderly people, possibly even even themselves or some other people who had who who did the right things, who were doing the right Right. things, who were practicing the social distancing, who were who were doing everything the doctors told them to do. And for money, this is what's going to happen. And so, well, uh, yeah, it's it's
2: it's a horrible
0: situation. And and so I think we ought to be able to choose. We ought to be able to choose who gets it. We <laughs> solve a lot of our problems. Well, I tell you? you
2: know, it, yeah. Well,
0: maybe so. I don't. That's not, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, but I'm saying if you're gonna, if we have to have a certain number of people get infected with this thing, or you're going to infect somebody right. by your reckless behavior, be I think we, that,
2: uh, yeah, that, it was that you, you, that person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with. I think your overall sentiment, which <laughs> is not really about killing people or seeing people yeah. die, but just about the reckless. Mm-hmm. Behavior right. uh, of this of this guy, Falwell Jr., yeah. and what it's going to do to innocent young people yeah. and their families. Alright, on that uplifting note The and Grim we'll, Reaper over there, yeah. ladies and gentlemen
0: Well, listen, uh, you know, I do what I can But uh, <laughs> remember uh, As we go forward here, y'all keep a safe space Follow Please, what doctors yeah. say And uh, most of all, y'all go vote for Will Ainsworth uh, it's, uh, What?
2: What? <laughs> what? What? Twilight Zone Twilight Zone uh, I'm, moment.
0: Just, I'm just joking, but, uh, but seriously Keep your distance, do what doctors say And stay your asses at home Alright, we're out yeah. Hey guys, just wanted to remind you again, if you could help us out and uh, leave a rating and a review for us on where, uh, whatever
2: platform you download this fine podcast, it would really help us out. Thanks guys.